For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. These are the top three quarterbacks for week seven of fantasy football. We'll start with Jalen Hurts against the Miami Dolphins. Big implied total for potentially the game of the week, I believe, on Sunday night. Patrick Mahomes against the Los Angeles Chargers. Let me close out this top three. Hayden Winks with Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, at the New England Patriots. Talk to me. So the Eagles and Chiefs are by themselves when it comes to projected points this week. Only They're the only two teams projected for over 27 points. Obviously, the Dolphins-Eagles game has the highest team total of the week. Jalen Hurts has been getting there on the ground this year. The passing consistency has been iffy, but for fantasy purposes, that doesn't matter all that much. And then with the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is, remains a total baller. And now that he has McCole Hardman back, we should really expect things to pick up. <laughs> um, maybe we'll include Mikael Hardman in our conversation with Kadarius Tony because if they're going to take anything away from you know, the lateral touchdowns, let's put it that way. It might be from him. I do want to bring up Patrick Mahomes and actually all three of these quarterbacks. We'll start yep. with him. We haven't really gotten those like spiked weeks from Patrick Mahomes this year. He has just one top five scoring week on the season. However, the Chargers, who he's facing, have allowed the highest scoring quarterback twice through five games. And that went to Tua and that went to Dak Prescott. And then also another top five scoring week to Kirk Cousins. So I don't think this is anything about Patrick Mahomes play. And obviously... Travis Kelsey being injured to start the season hindered his output a little bit from at the start. But assuming Kelsey and obviously the emergence of Rishi Rice, I would expect some top five and top three weeks ahead for Patrick Mahomes here in the near future. And it probably starts this weekend. Yeah, I completely agree. This is a total eruption spot, according to the EPA chart that I like to use here. And then historically, obviously, Mahomes has absolutely shredded the Chargers, who are now worse in the secondary this year. They're dead last (laughs) against fantasy quarterbacks. I believe they're 30th in EPA allowed as well. So this is an absolute get right spot if there was any concerns about Patrick Mahomes. Chargers might want to look at a defensive minded head coach in the next cycle. But uh, Jalen Hurts real quick. Number one. Against the Miami Dolphins, four of the last five weeks, he's had a top five scoring week. We've only seen Miami play two teams that were at least competent offensively, the Bills and the Chargers, and they allowed those teams to score 48 points and 34 points. I will add, though, after Lane Johnson left this past weekend, this according to Rich Rebar, Jalen Hurts was pressured on 45% of his dropbacks, and we know that Jalen Hurts has been worse against Mm -hmm. pressure this season. Then I'll throw up my notes here for Josh Allen. Um... He's first in the NFL in completion rate and yards per pass with six touchdowns and zero interceptions when using play action this season. That's a cheat code. Like an 80% completion rate of play action is absolutely nuts. And typically we talk about Bill Belichick, Steve, Gerard Mayo, good defenses. Uh, He was the quarterback one in one game last year, and he's thrown multiple touchdown passes in four of the last five games against his Patriots defense. And the other fifth one was that windy ass game uh, yep. where no one could throw the football except for Josh Allen. Yeah, that was that was a wild game. Uh, he's number one right now in completion percentage over expected, which is basically means he's the most accurate quarterback in the league, more or less, which is 
absolutely nutso stuff. Um, and then, yeah, the, the Patriots are a good defense without any talent right now. Right. <laughs> and Matt Judon, Christian Gonzalez, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, Jonathan Jones, Josh Duje, Keon White, all of them are not practicing or on injured reserve right now. That's like eight out of their top 12 defensive players. I mean, this is just not the same Patriots defense. I'm excited for the Patriots to get a top five pick, trade out from that spot to select some random ass safety in round two all mm-hmm. over again. Uh, mm-hmm. Final note with Josh on this Bills team. They have scored on 90% of their red zone drive to touchdown in the last three games. 90%. Okay, mm-hmm. let's kick it off in tier two. Let's kick that off with Lamar Jackson as your quarterback four against the Detroit Lions defense. Talk to me because this is a good defense that uh, has improved and changed the perception of this club, I would say, over the last 365 days. Yeah, they are improved, but they're also injured. Emmanuel Mosley's on IR. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's on IR. Brian Branch, he's been limited playing through an injury there as well. So, uh, And on the flip side for the Ravens, their offensive line is now fully healthy. Ronnie Stanley had a bounce-back game last week. Their center is back. They have all of their wide receivers back in the lineup. So if he just gets some you know, drop luck in his favor, Lamar Jackson should be ready to go. He's already the quarterback six, despite all of these uh, inconsistencies uh, surrounding him. And I think the Lions secondary is beatable right now. Their edge rushers have been good. Their defensive tackles have been good. But Lamar Jackson can win with some big plays at home. It's almost polar ends of the Lamar Jackson spectrum that we've seen this year in comparison to previous years. He's completing 70% of his passes, which is a new high for him. But the lowest touchdown rate uh, of his career at 2.9, which is typically at 5.8. Mm-hmm. Um He's only thrown one or fewer touchdown passes in four of his last six games. But as we've talked about, some of that has to do with the drops. But he does, again, lead the position with nine and a half rushing points, which is important and why we draft someone like Lamar Jackson. I will add, this Lions defense does not have to blitz in order to create pressure. They're one of the few teams across the league that you can say that to. And obviously, Lamar, when kept clean, has been unbelievable this season. But he has the biggest differential of clean versus pressured in the league. And so that's just something to pay attention to. Tua, quarterback five at the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I can't wait to watch this game. Part of me wants to delay our Sunday night show so we can all sit there and watch it rather than record for the first half. Uh, I'm definitely open to that. Uh, the <laughs> thing I'm looking forward to is just to see what the Dolphins offense is going to look like against a really good defense. Uh, they've lit up the Panthers, Giants, Broncos, and Chargers this year. Uh, things have gotten a little bit closer against the Bills and the Patriots. But right now, the the Eagles secondary is not the same right now. Avante Maddox, their slot corners on IR. Reed Blankenship, that's a safety. He hasn't practiced. Bradley Robery, that's a uh, corner. He hasn't practiced. Darius Slay has been limited, all with injuries in the secondary right now. So we'll see if that Eagles defensive line can get home. But like we've talked about for the last couple months, Tua's ability to throw the yeah. ball so fast does eliminate or at least silence uh, some of the the Eagles pass rush. So I'm expecting a bunch of pass attempts in this game. Offenses facing the Eagles have chosen to pass the ball at the third highest rate. So despite this being a better defense, my money is on Mike McDaniels figuring out this defense. Yeah, can't wait to see that. 
And while, and this is just on paper, the Eagles are 17th in pressure rate so far this season, which so much invested in that defensive line that might shock some people, especially with what we've seen them from the past few years. And as you said, we've seen quick throws from Tua, but then we've also seen games where he is forced to extend and hold on to the football and under pressure. He's been probably better than he has been in previous years as well. Kept clean. He's passed for 13 touchdowns so far. Yeah. My other thing is just the Eagles are so smart throughout this entire organization. I'm just curious to see what type of defense they're going to throw at the Dolphins because every team's been trying to try different things yeah. to varying degrees of success. I'm just curious to see what the Eagles are going to do here. And I think Sean Desai is using a different defensive format, at least interchangeably, versus what we got from Jonathan Gaynor last year, which is like, hey, this is what we're doing, and we're going to run it this way and be super mm-hmm. massive. So I'm I'm with you on that. Geno Smith sits as your quarterback six. This is against the Arizona Cardinals. Hayden, talk me through this. Is this about matchup? Because it certainly isn't about what Geno has done so far this year for fantasy purposes. He has just one week higher than quarterback 17 on the season. Yeah, it's been struggle city for Geno Smith, though he's still second in completion percentage over expected. He now has his left tackle back in the lineup. By the way, the right tackle is due back probably in a couple weeks from now. Um, but the Cardinals secondary has just been getting lit up recently. They're 29th against fantasy quarterbacks or 28th and e- passing EPA allowed. And you and I like to talk about team totals a ton on this show. And right now the Seahawks team total is the third highest on the week, all the way up to 26 points. So at home, the skill guys should be healthy. The left tackle being back helps. And I think Geno Smith's relatively been unlucky when it comes to the touchdowns and stuff, because there's no reason why he should be second in completion percentage over expected, but still not getting home in fantasy land. We talked a lot about it when discussing Geno Smith heading into this offseason and heading into drafts that last year, other than Patrick Mahomes, he had the most multiple passing touchdown games. This year, it's only been one. One. You know, this is the matchup to fix that. It's the it's matchup to get uh, back on track because. He kind of limited himself in that last week, let's be honest, against the Bengals where they didn't have success in the red zone. Okay, Matthew Stafford is your quarterback seven. Um, This also goes against what he has done recently in terms of fantasy points as he has been the quarterback 16, quarterback 14, and the quarterback 15. And while I love this beautiful game that we play, it also drives me crazy because Matthew Stafford has been much better in real life than the quarterback 14. Yes, certainly has and then he gets even better when cooper cups on the field according to sports info solutions his epa per attempt goes from uh 0.12 to 0.25 per attempt and this week they're at least their top two uh running backs are injured so i wouldn't be surprised if at home they just say here matthew stafford throw the ball 45 times and let you figure this thing out and i think they will have success against the steelers uh by the way the steelers secondary early in the year was absolutely brutal they're starting to play Joey Porter more, who was like a first round caliber rookie corner. I'm curious to see if they're after after the bye, if he's going to be in the starting lineup. Yeah. Uh, either way, I don't think that that's something that's going to limit Matthew Stafford. But I do think that would help the Steelers defense uh, to some degree. And just going back to it, their team total that 23 and a half, which is not a lot. But there are just isn't many teams projected for that many points this week. Just scoring in general is way down. Not to simplify this too much. Uh, I'm about to just a little bit. Um, if TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith are quiet, Matthew Stafford is going to torch this. Yes. Pittsburgh Steelers secondary. It really is that simple. And as Hayden mentioned, he talked about the running backs. We discussed what we think could happen and unfold in our running back tiers and ranking show. So if you have questions on that, 
as everyone should. It sounds like Zach Evans has no idea what his role is going to be on this team. Right. Go go back and watch that video. And as you know, about 39% of you who watch this channel actually subscribe. Uh, the other 61%, we appreciate you watching, but you'd be kinder people, uh, gentler souls, if you actually hit that subscribe button for exiting this video. So we appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button. Okay. We keep it going in rankings. Brock Purdy is next. Brock Purdy at the Minnesota Vikings. This is on the road, Hayden, but man, the formula certainly looks nice. 25 and a half team total favored by seven points here. Yeah. And then the Vikings defense just been so hit and miss. They're 25th against fantasy quarterbacks this year. We're still waiting news for Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Trent Williams. Obviously, those are three of the best players in the entire league. It sounds like they avoided long-term injuries. Does that mean they're going to play on Monday Night Football? We'll wait and see. But the first thing you have to look at when you're uh, dialing up things against Minnesota is how well do you handle pressure and blitzes? Because the Vikings are completely by themselves with how much they blitz. And Brock Purdy, he's been the quarterback five in EPA per attempt and the quarterback seven in success rate against cover zero and cover one, which is blitzes, man defense. And I think part of the reason why is because he has these guys to throw the ball to and these corners just <laughs> my goodness against Brandon. You can Debo Samuel. I don't think it'll be very pretty. So not surprised that the, the 49ers projected for 25 and a half points. That makes Brock Purdy even a coming off of probably his worst game ever of fantasy quarterback one. According to the worksheet from Richard Bar, the Vikings blitz at the league highest rate, 57%. Uh, but they're also 28th in the league in pressure rate at 37% when they do blitz. So they yeah. just leave a bunch of their defenders in no man's land. And yeah. you have some players who can either win versus man coverage or win after the catch. It's a really deadly combo to have yep. against a defense. That's this aggressive. Okay, we're going to continue on with Justin Herbert to finish out this tier. Uh, this is at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, five and a half point underdogs the Chargers are here. Only pro projected for 21 and a half points. And there are some kind of under the radar things happening with Justin Herbert. Number one, and we probably didn't make this a big enough deal. Their center, Corey Lindsley, is dealing with a heart issue. He's on injured reserve. And when the Chargers haven't had Corey Lindsley, their starting center in the lineup, Justin Herbert's faced 10% more pressure, which is not a surprise according to Sports Info Solutions. And then the last two games without Lindsay and also with this dislocated finger, Justin Herbert's completion percentage over expected is at negative 7% and negative 6%. Usually he's pretty good in that category. So he's dealing with Mike Williams, center, this right. finger. I thought he didn't look the same last week. And then his Chiefs defense, we always talk about it. Is not bad. It's actually very good. Right. There's six against fantasy it's quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, <laughs> yeah, up, up there. I, yeah, spelling, grammar, all that stuff. Not my forte here. But all I know is is ball. And the Chiefs are number three in passing EPA allowed. I love that. There was a commercial a long time ago that you certainly don't remember where it was the uh, groundsman uh, was painting in the end zone for the Chiefs, and he accidentally called them the chefs. Uh, um, so this is the new one with the chirps. Um, I, have a, I have another one in here. I'll let you find it. <laughs> uh, you know, Justin Herbert last year was maybe the biggest disappointment among all quarterbacks that people drafted. He's at least been a top 10 scorer in every single game so far this season. Um, however, this Chiefs team, as you said, has not allowed more than two touchdown passes. But on that end, Justin Herbert has thrown multiple touchdown passes in five straight games against the Kansas City Chiefs. So while they are good, he has Steve Spagnuolo's number just a little bit. So something to keep in mind with that. Let's keep it on the move. We start in quarterbacks 10 through 14 here. 
This is going to shock some people with some bigger names a little bit later on. But the formula, I believe, is telling Hayden Winks to put Jordan Love as his quarterback 10 against this awful, by goodness, awful Denver Broncos defense. Yeah, I don't I'm not a big Jordan Love guy. Um, just to put a number on that, only Anthony Richardson has a lower completion percentage over expected than Jordan Love, who's missed my boy Luke Musgrave down the seam a million times, has missed your boy Christian Watson down the field recently, but the Broncos defense is even worse. You know, like the 30th against fancy quarterbacks, dead last and passing EPA. You guys know the deal, what's happened with the Broncos defense. And on top of that, both Broncos safeties are on the injury report right now. So uh, it's the first game we've had Jordan Love with a fully healthy skill group. Um, so it's a good spot for Jordan Love to kind of sneak in here. But this is like a, also a good week where you're pretty happy to have one of these top three fantasy quarterbacks. I think it drops off a cliff pretty quickly. This is one of the you know, age-old tales of a below-average quarterback facing an awful defense and which one wins, right? Yeah. It's one of the most fun matchups you can have when playing fantasy football because when Jordan Love has been pressured, he's completed just 13 of 38 passes with 3.8 yards per attempt, right? Mm-hmm. He's also below-average in clean pockets, but as we have said, Denver can't pressure. He can't. Yeah. They can't pressure. So what wins here? And uh, you and others believe Jordan Love is going to be the winner of that. Russell Wilson is your next quarterback. Staying in the same game, Hayden. Talk to me. I've actually moved Russell Wilson down. But let's 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 stick with oh. with talking with him real quick. Um, this is the first time where I think that there's actual in-game benching risk for Russell Wilson. I talked about in the last show. Basically, if he gets hurt and he can't pass a physical going into next March, he gets more uh, of his money guaranteed. And they obviously are going to be wanting to shed money. Uh, and this is a one in five Broncos team. I believe in this Packers defense, they are basically daring you to run the ball. Um, they have the second highest uh, neutral run rate in the NFL. They have been limiting limiting uh, offensive plays just in general because the Packers offense plays slow. So I think it's just a really tough spot, um, especially if the Packers defensive line could really get home um, because I just don't trust Russell Wilson under pressure and this offensive line has just not been clicking. So uh, the team total is high, but I move Russell Wilson down because of it. Yeah, hand up. He's the first name on the next tier. I will say this is kind of the same thing that we're saying about Jordan Love. Not saying that the Packers defense is awful, but they have been allowing a bunch of fancy points to opposing quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Every quarterback outside of Zach Wilson has scored. Oh, no, excuse me. This is the opposite. This is every quarterback outside of Zach Wilson has scored at least 15 fancy points against the Denver Broncos. So that goes in the favor of mm-hmm. Jordan Love. In terms of Russell Wilson, the most passing yards Green Bay has allowed is 237 so far this year. And I, I like their defense. I've talked about it all year long. I like their defense. Yep. So scrap everything that I've just said and all of my hosting errors that I've included in here. The next quarterback after Jordan Love, which makes him your quarterback 11 this week, is actually Sam Howell, who is almost the antithesis, I will say, of Matthew Stafford, where we're getting poor fantasy performances from Matthew Stafford despite great quarterback play. We're getting great Fantasy performances from Sam Howell. He's now been the quarterback 13 or higher in five or six games this year, despite being on record for 96 sacks so far this year, if it plays out the same way. The good news is the Giants sack rate is dead last on defense. So Sam Howell, in theory, should be not facing as much pressure in this one. So it's a good spot. I just trust the this wide receiver group as long as Jahan Dotson's not you know, holding uh field goal attempts. 
uh, is actually playing wide receiver this week to beat these Giants rookie corners on the perimeter. And Adoree Jackson's even on injury report this week as well. So the Giants defense is just not very good. I don't trust Sam Howell on the road, but it's just a really tough week when you kind of get to this quarterback one-two borderline. Jared Goff checks in next. This is at the Baltimore Ravens, another defense that we absolutely love. Jared Goff, though, has been the quarterback three in overall scoring in each of the past two games. Wow. Yeah, this is a bat fight. I think this is the most underrated game of the week when it comes to fantasy purposes. If you're looking at all of the stats that I kind of reference when talking about fantasy quarterbacks, the Ravens are top six in all of them. Fantasy points, sack rate, passing EPA allowed, our offenses are choosing to run the ball on the Ravens as well. And they've done that without Marlon Humphrey. That said, the Ravens have also faced one of the easiest quarterback schedules that you can possibly dream up. So this is a spot potentially where the Ravens defense has been able to dial up pressure against bad inexperienced quarterbacks and Jared Goff, who's right now PFF's number one famous or number one quarterback in terms of grade this year, potentially has a chance to kind of like, I don't know, just like have 40 pass attempts in this game. Yeah. If the running backs aren't in the good spot in this Ravens defense, I do think it's good. I don't think they're as good as some of these metrics are saying, though. Yeah, if he has no running game to rely on and like a Dave Montgomery to hand the ball off to 25 times, they have to rely more on Jared Goff. We talked about it prior to last week against the Bucks. He has these stark home and road splits. This one, yeah. again, is on the road, but he did conquer that last week. Let's see if he can do it again this week. And if you want more on the Lions offense and Jared Goff posted an episode of Scheme earlier this morning with Colt McCoy and how Ben Johnson is one step ahead of all these defenses. I mean, they run similar concepts over and over and over again, but they have different wrinkles to them every single week, plus about four cool last plays a week, mm -hmm. too. Um, this time, it was snapping the ball early in play clocks that kind of used Todd Bowles' exotic defenses that has a bunch of movement pre-snap and then post-snap against himself so it's like Ooh. grabbing todd bowles's hand and punching himself in the face is what I it turns out it. okay let's continue on Real quick, on, on that ben johnson punching todd bowles would not go well no no ben johnson grabs todd bowles you remember as your kid you're like yes. stop punching your stuff That's sure. that still would not go <laughs> well I, I liked todd bowles chances in that one not gonna lie have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing you have a night in room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals slash underdog. Or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. <laughs> Deshaun Watson uh, returned to practice on Thursday. And so I think that that points to Deshaun Watson playing in this game. What were you going to say about Deshaun Watson here in week seven? 
they are projected for almost 22 points, which to me means that Deshaun Watson for sure is going to play. The Colts defense has been pretty mid, especially in the secondary. Now, Deshaun Watson, even if he does play, it's still TBD on how injured that shoulder is. It is a throwing shoulder. You do need your shoulder to throw the football last time I checked. So there's some kind of inconsistencies here. I'm hoping he gets some full practices in, but as a reminder, when we're talking about these other skill guys, the, the Browns catchable ball rate was down 14% in the last two weeks versus where Deshaun Watson was. Deshaun Watson hasn't been good, but this is such an upgrade. As long as Deshaun Watson is fully healthy, we'll learn more uh, by the time we get to Friday. The Browns haven't converted just 44% of their third and short situations this year. That's second worst in the NFL. Um, They've also converted just five of 41 third and longs. Uh, That is also second worst in Mm -hmm. the NFL. Yeah. Tough spot. Tough spot. But favorites here, even though they're on the road. Okay. I think we continue on to the Superflex category here. And I'll put Trevor Lawrence ahead of Russell Wilson. Um, Talk me through this because this is obviously Thursday night football. We love to take this little moment to talk about the game here. Right. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, towards the end of the game, knee issue. Tweaked knee likely means he won't run as much. And as we've talked them up, the Saints defense is uh, not one to mess with. No, not at all. They're number four against the run and number six through the air um, allowed. So it's just a really tough spot. Um, Plus, they play fairly slow on offense. On the road here, short week, and his offensive line is also banged up too. Walker Little isn't going to play. Brandon Sheriff, their right guard, uh, he hasn't practiced this week as well. Still no Zay Jones. At least Trevor Lawrence has his offensive tackles, Anton Harrison and Cam Robinson back in the lineup. But it's just a really tough spot in general, no matter how you kind of slice this thing, and that's reflected in the betting markets. Jacksonville only projected for 19 and a half point. So I am with you. It's just a tough spot. I wanted to rank him higher, but everything yeah. kind of is working against him, even though I do think that he's been playing fairly good ball. And he's obviously a better player than some of the quarterbacks in the tier above him. But this is For why sure. we talk about the show and don't just rank based on talent. Uh, speaking of New Orleans and just games they've been involved in, game totals uh, have been averaging just 40.7 points, which is 31st in the league when the Saints are involved in those games. And opposing teams have gone three and out on 47.2% of their drives against the Saints defense, which is the second highest rate in the NFL. So something to watch. Something Tough. to watch. Okay. Kenny Pickett continues here. Um, it's your guy. He's back in our lives. He's on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. Do you think he can match Matthew Stafford throw for throw? Um, Don't like his chances there, though. He does get Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth back. So I am willing to kind of reset. Tough schedule. Lots of injuries coming out of the bye Take a little second here and let Mike Tomlin get to work. Um, Rams secondary still a, mostly a mess. They're 29th in sack rate allowed as well. So I think this is like a get okay spot, get your head above water spot for Kenny Pickett, though it's a, definitely not looking good long term. Just this week, Steelers project for 20.5, which, like for example, is more than what the Jaguars are projected. So he does belong in this tier despite how brutal. He, the offensive line, the skill group, Matt Canada, the entire city of Pittsburgh, the entire state of Pennsylvania has looked um, the last six weeks. We've gotten to week seven. This is probably my worst hosting job I've done so far this year. I'm getting a little loopy, getting a little loose with it. Um, okay, the rest of the way, we're just going to throw these quarterbacks on the board. And why don't you pick out one name or another? Okay, so Joshua Dobbs is your quarterback 17. Correct. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, 
Derek Carr, and then we'll throw a uh, a Colt McCoy there at the quarterback one too. Yeah, um, I guess some news. Daniel Jones just lost another offensive lineman, this time to IR with a biceps injury. So, In I mean, practice. it is completely unserious football with New York right now. So, I buried him even further after that one. As for Derek Carr tonight, uh, there's also a bunch of uh, offensive line injuries for him as well. Both starting offensive tackles, a backup offensive tackle, a guard all out. And they still won't put Trevor Penning in at left tackle. It is a complete mess over there. And the Jacksonville offensive line or defensive line hasn't been getting that many sacks, but the Jaguars are heating up a little bit. I've noticed it with Josh Allen a little bit more with Trayvon Walker recently. So this could be a time for Derek Carr to kind of have another one of these games where this game finishes 20 to 17 and not a whole lot is happening. Just going to focus on two of these quarterbacks in this tier that are favored. First, it's Baker Mayfield against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Atlanta has not allowed an opposing passer to throw for 250 yards in a game yet this season. I mean, they and the Saints are just like staring at each other, Spider-Man meme. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool to see. Um, Derek Carr, again, at home against Jacksonville, they're favored by one and a half. Derek Carr is currently 2.2 passing touchdowns below expectation this year, which is 35th in the NFL. He has only completed 44% of his red zone passes, which is 29th in the league. He also is the worst in the NFL inside the 10-yard line last season. Uh, and it's even worse this year. <laughs> so, like, what, what what gives, Eric? What are you good at? We'll talk about Taysom Hill in a moment. Maybe you're good at throwing to uh, Taysom Hill. That's where you're at right now. Yeah, this is one of the worst super flex weeks I could remember with all the teams on bye and all these quarterback and offensive line injuries. It is bad down here. I mean – you just hope that you drafted one of these four quarterbacks. I'll throw Colt McCoy in there too. <laughs> now Rushmore quarterbacks. <laughs> and then and then hopefully one of these guys as well. Because after that, it gets uh it's it ugly. It's dicey. Okay. That does it for quarterbacks. That means we move on over to the tight end position. Does this get better, Hayden? I mean, it does with if you have one of these four names. It's the in crowd, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, and Sam Laporta. These are the Four horsemen, to reuse that phrase, mm-hmm. that I've put at the top, and we're leaving them there until further notice. Yeah, it's not the greatest spots. Obviously, Travis Kelsey's last eight games against the Chargers, averaging 91 yards. Uh, he's good to go. Mark Andrews, something to watch. Career low, 1.7 yards per route run. That's with more target competition in the lineup. Uh, the Lions haven't faced many good tight ends, yet they're still averaging the fourth most receiving yards to the position. So it's a good spot for Mark Andrews. TJ Hawkinson gets Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw this week, but the targets will always be there. And then Sam Laporta, like we said, without the running backs, uh, we could see a bunch of pass attempts with Jared Goff uh, in this one. And even last week with Montgomery out, Laporta had his highest expected half PPR points of the year. Only note, though, the Ravens have allowed 25 scoreless yards to tight ends. That's almost impossible. So um, it's not the same matchup for Sam Laporte as it has Wait, been previously. 25 weeks. for the entire season? 25 per game, scoreless per game. Per game. Oh, okay. That, I mean, that's still almost that's almost impossible. It is. It really is. That is that's nuts. Okay. We'll continue on. And I'm just gonna throw names up there and you can talk yep. about them. Uh you have George Kittle ranked high. Is this to hopefully hit on one of the big weeks? Because it's one versus the other, or is this a potential, hey, we're not getting full Debo Samuel usage, so when one exits, a door opens for someone else. Yeah, I completely agree there. Um, I'm also monitoring the Trent Williams injury just because if I do think that he would have to stay in a little bit more if Trent Williams, their left tackle, 
is out. It's more of a placeholder waiting for Monday Night Football news there. But just to put numbers on this, because we always talk about how boom bust he is, he has 10 games with fewer than five half PBR points and six games with over 17 since the beginning of last year. So uh, it's completely volatile, but at least he has a path to some upside. For some reason, we talk about every single week, the fantasy community was wanting so badly Kyle Pitts to break out. And now that he has and played well consistently for the last few weeks, they still rank him in consensus rankings as a tight end nine. And here you have wow. him as a tight end six at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, as a team, they're the tight end one in usage over the last month by a large mile. Just They're also using Jonathan Smith, uh, of course. But uh, over the last month, he's been the tight end three in usage. He's had at least 8.8 expected half PPR points in four of the last five games. And we always talk about Tampa Bay. They're better at stopping the run than they are stopping the pass. So teams often throw the ball more against Tampa. Um, and I'm more or less thinking of Kyle Pitts as kind of a wide receiver, deep, deep threat wide receiver, volatile, but he's got a path. Thinking about him as like the Deshaun Jackson of tight ends. And I think this is a good spot to, to, to dial him up just because this is a pass funnel. Yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay is playing on, at home for the second straight week. I don't think. Desmond Ritter is going to play as well as Jared Goff did last week. And I think that a lot of what, again, the exotic stuff that Todd Bowles throws out there in third downs will confuse Desmond Ritter more so than they did with Ben Johnson and Jared Goff. But still, I mean, we're not getting the easy button stuff with Cal Pitts. That is all going to Johnny Smith, but at least we're getting seven more pass attempts this year yep. with Desmond Ritter than what we got last year with Desmond Ritter. Okay. Dallas Goddard versus the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Evan Ingram versus the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, Thursday Night Football. And then Darren Waller still sticks in the second tier because I'm forcing him in there as your tight end nine, and he is facing the Washington Commanders. So Dallas Goddard is the tight end two in routes. Their Eagles are projected for the most points on the week. His usage is up over the last month, and the Dolphins have already allowed Hunter Henry to have 52 yards and a touchdown, and Darren Waller to have 86 yards. Uh, speaking of Waller, um, all those offensive line issues are really bad. Daniel Jones has still not been cleared to practice yet. That could mean Tyrod Taylor, um, but they at least were getting Darren Waller in those three-by-one sets, getting him a little bit more option routes. So the usage that we were hoping for, I've at least seen it in glimpses in the last couple weeks. In terms of RPOs, the Eagles are third in the NFL right now at... 72. I feel like last year they're even higher than that. Um, I feel like the screens and the RPOs just have kind of gone away from this team in comparison to how much of a focal point they were last year. But we know Devontae Smith missed practice on Wednesday. He returned on Thursday. That's kind of a 49ers-esque thing, I will say, that if sure. Devontae Smith is limited in this game, then more and more I think is going to be funneled in the direction of Dallas Goddard. Okay. We continue on in the next tier, 10 through 15. Hey, I think this is the first time this season that a team has two tight ends in the top 12. And here it is, the team with the number one fantasy usage at tight end, Jonu Smith. What can go wrong? Two Falcons tight ends in the top 10. But over the last month, tight end seven on tight end nine usage, he gets the under underneath traditional tight end looks. We talked about the pass funnel with Jonu Smith. And then my guy up next is Luke Musgrave. The Broncos allowed the most receiving yards per game to tight ends up at 76 and the Packers projected for the eighth most points. 
We've seen Luke Musgrave be this close to big gains this season and the most two recent games when he wasn't in the concussion protocol, 10.7 and 7.0. Expected half PPR points, so it hasn't been good for Luke Musgrave. Everything's gone against him, but at least the team total is high for him. Pat Frymuth is next. He faced the Rams, uh, a Rams defense that just got torched by Dallas Goddard a couple weeks ago. I think part of that is because a weakness on that team is the linebackers. It's the second level. I'm not saying Frymuth, who is coming back from a hamstring injury, is going to be 100% or be used mm-hmm. to his full capacity. But also with Deontay Johnson probably returning too, who knows what the volume is going to be. But I think this is a pathway to some success for Frymuth. Yeah, even Andrew Ogletree and Mo Ali Cox and Trey McBride have gotten this Rams uh, defense. So it's just a good spot. He, he's a, such a good player. It's been so inconsistent, but I do think Pat Frymouth is like a legit player in this league. Okay. The next three, David Njoku, Logan Thomas, and then Michael Mayer rounds out your top 15 at tight end. I mean, I could easily see Michael Mayer fitting into maybe this top nine next mm-hmm. week. If you continue on with this usage and get it for the third week in a row, because I mean, even in the first drive, I think he was targeted three times. He was a right. focal point. They were running kind of mesh across the field to open him up, and he can win after the catch as well. Yeah, definitely can. I'm hoping that his routes go up from 67%. That's what it was last week when he had the season high in usage. So there's still room for more opportunity for him. And then obviously, Jimmy G ruled out here. It's Brian Hoyer, Aiden O'Connell. Uh, we'll see what the Raiders choose there. So um, I want to really like him, but I would like to see him prove it one more week before I get him all the way up there. David Njoku, I do think, I'm hoping we can just say, look, this was a really weird start to yes. this season. Burns, Deshaun's out, wonky game scripts, and David Njoku's just too good to be producing the way he has. Even last week, playing through these burns, which is insane. I don't even know how he puts on a football helmet. Um, he still ran around 85% of the dropbacks and the Colts have allowed the fourth most receptions to tight ends this year. So I'm hoping this is the the week where we go back to David Njoku actually, actually being fantasy relevant, like Logan Thomas has been. Right. Um, So we'll see. I mean, his, his talent warrants him to be in the second tier. We just haven't obviously seen it so far. There was even, I think a play last week that was called back where he caught it in the flat and almost gallops down the sideline. And this is what he brings the table. He just, you know, hasn't been featured in this offense so far, but Deshaun Watson coming back. Should help that. Okay. Taysom Hill's your tight end 16. Let's talk about it. Um, Taysom Hill played 32 snaps this past week as a slot wide receiver or out wide. Um, Juwan Johnson has not played for the past two weeks. Um, Is this something we can latch onto and like try to scrape tight end points out there? Yeah. I mean, he's competing with Foster Moreau and Jimmy Graham for snaps. At like actual tight ends. So it's like weird because he's not doing the fancy wildcat quarterback stuff. I don't think that he's going to go back to that because we have Jamal Williams back um, this week. So they shouldn't have to worry about him at running back. They have both their quarterbacks healthy. So they just like actually think that he's a better legit tight end than Foster Moreau, I guess. And they gave Foster Moreau a lot of money this offseason. So yeah, I mean, he was running around on 66% of the dropbacks last week and got a couple targets underneath. I've never thought he was a good route runner. I no, don't they know also ran the slot fade with him, and he almost came yeah. down with it, but Blake Cashman made a great play in his hands. It was weird. Like, I'm with you. A bunch of downfield routes, and he was kind of the underneath option with Alvin Kamara working in pass protection. Right. So I, this I kind of seems it. like – no, me either. I mean, it seems like yeah. a one-week blip, but then at yeah. the same time, I don't know why it would be a one-week blip against a D'Amico Ryan's defense, you know? Right. 
yeah it's just on my radar why are we doing this is this not 2023 how is it how is it jimmy graham versus Taysom hill at tight end right now okay rest of the way you have names like gerald everett names like tyler higby and uh cole Komet, and then we'll end it there at the tight end position and get out of there yeah this is down bad area donald parham was out there still stealing some snaps from gerald everett tyler higby his usage has been cut in half with cooper cup back in the lineup though we do think the the Rams are going to pass more here. And then Cole Komet had his worst game of the year with Justin Fields, who I don't think is going to play this week either. So really down uh, with everybody. I guess the deepest sleeper tight end I can dream up is Kylan Granson, just because I do think that the Gardner Minshew is going to pass the ball more for the Colts and he has been out there. I talked about this on Stats versus Film this week. Hopefully you all tune into that show. And I wanted to bring it up because I uncovered some nuggets, some notes on it too. Um, Despite playing 12 personnel at the second highest rate, the Buffalo Bills in weeks one through five when Don Cage was out there, the Bills only faced de- base defense personnel at 17.3% of their offensive snaps. Again, to me, the goal of 11.5%, which they called it, was to keep base defense out there. So when teams are treating it like nickel or dime, um, then you kind of lose the matchup advantage that Don Kincaid brings yeah. you. And then... Aryan, who's been doing awesome. Such a dog. I mean, such a dog. He's actually showing you that in 12 personnel, they've been actually worse running the football on top yeah. of that. And they're just better in 11 personnel. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Don Kincaid, this is, you know, early times for a rookie. But I don't know if the game plan of drafting him in the first round has even come to fruition. But then do you live with those growing pains for yeah long-term success or play the three wide receivers for short-term success? Yeah, I think you let Dalton Kincaid try to figure this out until you get to about week 15. If things are still bad, then you start going more into the slot wide receivers before you get to the playoffs. But I, I think you just got to let this thing figure out. It's hard to like sit a first round tight end. But, he, but then at the same time, like even when they are playing 12 personnel and they're still not running it successfully as right. successfully out of that, um, his dot is still like one of the right. lowest in the NFL. So it's right. not even then getting a receiving advantage. Yeah, I agree. I, I would say let him try to cook downfield a little bit more. Yeah. You know, like that's that would be my solution. And let me just say the Bills are really good. So yeah, I'm like sure. nitpicking here, but it's a guy that was obviously among rookie tight ends drafted ahead of Sam Laporta and drafted ahead of Luke Musgrave. So, yeah. Okay. Sure. Sickos, defenses. Let's give the people what they really have come for 41 minutes into this show. So. It's crazy to say it, but the Raiders are my favorite sicko defense, and that's nothing sicker than uh, starring Max Crosby, who kind of looks like the sicko's guy out here with all the tattoos and the white and black. Um, but yeah, it's just matchup driven. Same thing with the Commanders; they're in great spots. The Buffalo Bills have the best combination of actual talent versus matchup against the Patriots, and then we have the Buccaneers uh, against the Falcons. Desmond Ritter's always live for a bad interception, and then. The Cleveland Browns are on pace for every single elite uh, defensive stat out there. So those would be my like top five of the week. I don't trust. Like, I know like the Giants are popping up here, but I just don't trust that. Same thing with the Colts. Well, I, I think the Giants are up there just because it's against Sam Howell and how many sacks he's taken. Right. But again, the Giants aren't creating that much disruption despite blitzing a lot. Yeah, I mean, the model loves to attack backup quarterbacks. <laughs> the, the model knows knows some ball. <laughs> That's what they do. Um, all right. I should have mentioned, even at the top, 
like, hey, the Panthers, the Bengals, the Cowboys, the Texans, the Jets, and the Titans are on a bye. I would assume all of you know that, but then we even get comments of like, hey, what about Brees Hall and your running back rankings? Yeah, yeah. he's not playing this week. Yeah. So yeah, best best advice is to, to not look at the YouTube comments. All right. We appreciate it. All of you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with the wide receiver tiers, which even more information has come in tonight. If you want to get in on the action on Thursday night football, yep. pick them. Pick them's a way to do that. And the link is in the description down below because I'm matching your first deposit up to 100 bucks. We are running some flash specials all of a sudden too. So make sure you're following all our, our, our accounts on Twitter as well. There's underdog pick them underdog NFL, which gives you news. Our main channel, Josh and I's channel. Make sure you're following us on Twitter as well. The flash specials last like an hour. You got to get in, got to get out. So Josh and I just took advantage of a Travis ETN one. So just a reminder, get on the app. You'll see more specials up out there. All right. Thanks, producer Weaves. As always, carries this channel. And Hayden too. Up the bill. We'll talk to you all soon. See ya.